Hi, this is JD Pfeiffer from ABC's Big Sky Tuesday Nights, and I am here with Elias on the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Didi, welcome to the cave. And thank Hi. you for joining me. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm in the man cave. It's there you go, like, right? Good, right? Lo- you must be very excited that you're on my show. I know everybody says that. Actually, my son's room, he's 18. I call it the man cave. So there you go. I feel very at home right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, we were talking before off the air. You said you're in a little cave over there also. Are you at the hotel because you're still filming, I assume? Yes. Uh, we're in BC, we're in Canada, and um, I'm like in a furnished living kind of apartment situation, yeah. and uh, I have this little bell, and it is, it's small, which I like because it's just me, myself, yeah. and myself. so, and we quarantined, you know, when we came in here for two weeks, and yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, uh, we'll talk about Big Sky, I mean, the you've had a long career, you took a break, you have a sister in the industry also, uh, so yeah, the, the, I love asking this question with everybody. How did you decide that you wanted to get into the business? Well, my story is kind of an odd one. Um, I'm 57 years young. No, you're not. Stop it. I am. It's the happy hair, you know, and I also know exactly where to push the lighting, the scarf with the gobble gobble. <laughs> but um, I started working when I was like a kid. Back then, work permits, child labor, all that stuff was like, what? Um, yeah. So- worked all the time and because in my family if you wanted something you worked for it you know blue collar dad mom didn't work or drive four kids yeah. a middle low income so i was riding my bike up the beach boulevard you know being a bus girl in a restaurant i had no right doing um so i had all these jobs since i was really young up until i was 18 and then when i was 18 my sister was on this uh, doing this movie called um scarface just a little movie and I was like, hey, Shell, I think I want to try this thing called acting because I'm bored with all these other jobs I've had since I was like four. And yeah. she was like, stop right there. If you want to be an actor, you need to go to a class and you have to decide from there. Don't even think about headshots. A lot of people go, I want to be an actor. Get an agent, headshots, and start interviewing. Without yeah. even like going to an acting class. So I did that. And two years later, I was still <laughs> trying to figure out how to act and uh, told basically to my face that I sucked. And uh, because I was a hard head, like my dad would call me, Dieter do, you're a hard head. I just wasn't going to give up until I could figure out how to do it. Well, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> how to do it. I can't seem to master it. But I discovered that once you think you have all the answers as an actor, once you've mastered it, you're done. Yeah. Goodbye. Because you've <laughs> got to continuously grow, you know, and move and explore and learn and so, yeah, I'm still work in progress when it comes to the actor thing. <laughs> 30 plus years later. <laughs> yeah. And what are you going to do? So, so like you, you said, you've been acting since a young age, you know, and you did your classes. Like to this day, what sticks out the most like from your classes that you took? And did you take how long did you take classes for? Well, I studied from 18 to um, well, 18, 19, 20, 18 to 20. I just studied because I went to my sister at 18 years old. Moved yeah. up to it's in my Volkswagen with my stuffed monkey hanging out the sunroof in my 1966 Volkswagen and um, lived on her couch in the office while studying. 
uh, for two years. Like I said, I, and I was illegally working as a cocktail waitress in female oil and mud wrestlers called the Hollywood Tropicana. Yeah, those, a lot of guys in LA know that place. Um, and I was a cocktail waitress, had no right doing that job either. Um, and um, I just studied really hard. And um, so the, what stuck out for me was uh, I would stutter, I'd turn red, I couldn't remember my lines. And yet I know the poor acting coach was like Peggy Fury at the time was, what is this girl doing? Why didn't she, why didn't she just go be something else? you know um and i think that's anything that put a fire up my butt saying wait a minute don't tell me i can't right um, yeah so also like and having jobs like the hollywood tropicana illegally cocktailing with all male uh, clientele you learn how to kick people's shins because you have things of drinks and you're kicking their shins because they're grabbing your tush and they're not supposed to um so I had all these life experiences I was able to bring into my roles that I had another, then another coach who said, all these things that happened to you, that, that are, these are all gifts yeah. as an artist, right? They can, they, can, they can kneecap you or they can make you. So that's one thing I've always done is kind of like take everything that's happened to me in my life and be able to somehow apply it to um, acting on my yeah. role. My characters. Yeah. When you started auditioning at a young age, did you give yourself like a, a time frame where you were like, okay, I'll give it two, three years. And then if it doesn't work, then off to the next goal or. Yeah. When I first started auditioning, it was bad. It was bad. My agents called and said, what did you do? I said, I got nervous. <laughs> they were like, they said you were really bad. And I go, oh. and they're like, well, stop being nervous. I'm like, that's like saying stop being happy because you won the lotto. It's like, yeah. I don't to be nervous. So I finally, again, tried another acting coach who said, stop trying to not be nervous. That's a lot of energy trying to be something that you're not. Just give into it, lean into it. You know, be like, okay, I'm nervous. And now what, right? right. So it was like, so it was, again, I just kind of, I'm one of those who learns along the way. I And I definitely stumble and fall and get back up. Um, I think acting is such an odd thing. I would not recommend it unless you really have like um, a desire for it, like a real strong desire. And I think there's two different kinds of actors. And I think I'm just not answering your question, but there's actors, actors, and artists, actors, 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 kind of like want to be an actor for all the actory things, acclimates and what have you. And then there's the artist actor who's like going to take the role that's less money, but man, the role, the project means something to their soul. Like they have to be part of this story or that character. And I'm certainly that one, you know, the one that's going to Agents don't like that about me. I like that. I'll pick the parts that are more about heart, soul, or a message. Or yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that because how many you know, like at a young age, you were auditioning, you're getting all these scripts, and you had a goal. What which ones, which roles you wanted to play, you know? And well, let's be let's be honest and transparent. When I first started acting, it wasn't a matter of choosing. Yeah. <laughs> I took anything and everything I got because as an actor, you're told no. 99.99999% of the time, especially when you start. And by the way, that also happens later on in your career. Trust me, I know that one too. You've got to know what, you've got to be able to take no and not take it right between the eyes because otherwise you're going to go down a lot. You have to like learn from all those no's. You get told yes less than 1% of the time, right? Yeah. So um, I think the challenge as an actor is what do you do with your, when you're not acting? What's that, what's that time look like for you? Mm is really the majority of the time you're not acting. And I love to, I love to say this because this applies to this gig. Actors, we get paid to wait and we act for free. Makes sense. Meaning like on a set, actors are bitching, I've been here all 12 hours, I haven't worked. I'm like, really? 
your paycheck still looks the same, honey, whether you were in every single scene or like one scene that got canceled and now you, yeah, you're here waiting. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of in, in the ballpark of being um, grateful that, you know, that um, I'm part of the less than 1% of actors who work. And I, you know what I mean? I think being grateful, is, especially now in the world that we live in, people are really in tough places. So being a, being a little grateful, I think is refreshing, right? It seems like now, even now, like there's more projects because you have all these streaming services and everything too. So now that it feels like there's a little more possibility of you getting a job also. Well, dude, I gotta tell you, I took 10 years off to go to school. Yeah, right. Um, I got my, it took 10 years to get, I guess what should have been a four, six year degree. I didn't know what I was doing 10 years ago when I started my academic journey to end up becoming, I got a master's of social work just here in 2020, that last crazy year, last year, 2020, that year that we'd all like to say yeah. about. Yeah, um, I, so it took 10 years, two kids in, in tow um, to get a degree, yeah. Um, so I've been out. I, I was studying my rear off and raising two teenage boys, or they were younger at the time. So I did, when I came back to acting this time to do Big Sky, I didn't mean streaming, all that stuff. I was like, what? What do you mean you can find our show on what? Hulu? What's that? Like my, my boys are like, oh my God, you should never have hired my mother. <laughs> They're like, you're not going to do social media, right? You're just going to embarrass yourself. <laughs> Um, it's true. Um, but I'm very humble when it comes to that. I'm like, I, I'm not going to even try to pretend that I know what I'm doing because I really don't. I know how to hopefully play Denise on Big Sky at this point in time in my life, right? And entertain people in that way. But other than that, I don't know. I don't know, Elias. You know more than <laughs> so before. So before you took the 10 year break, what was like one of your favorite projects that you worked on? Um, of course, they're going to be these little projects, probably like only my diehard friends know about. Uh, by the way, I have the best fans. I have the sweetest fans. They are so sweet. Um, they say really nice things. Um, okay, there's two that are a little weird. But other than that, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I did a small short called The Tub. And um, I was fortunate. To, it was one of my first, second things I produced, actually. And it was a, a, a pet project of passion. Um, but other than that, I, let me name something that you probably know. Vamp. What did you say? I didn't hear you. Oh, Vamp. V-A-M-P. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Jones, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of awesome fans who still follow me with Vamp. I got to say Vamp, and I'll tell you why. Vamp, I always say this, I apologize for anyone who's hearing, oh, God, here, she's telling that story again. It's my very first starring role. Yeah. So before I had babies, Vamp was my baby, you know? So Amaretto was like my baby. Yeah. And your first starring role is something that you'll just never forget. Kind of like the first guy you kissed. Um, well, I forgot who I was. Um, I think it was that <laughs> oh, it was Troy. Troy, yeah, he's cute. Um, but yeah, it, the Vamp, and it was a, the making of Vamp was crazy. It's like the, that journey just to make that film was a, was a film in itself. And that's why there's been a lot of like, um, uh, after footage on the making of Vamp because it's a crazy film to make. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, so what made you, what was the reason for the 10 year break? I know you said you went to school and you raised your kids. Was that like the main focus or you just, you just, you had enough, you were burnt out or. No, um, I acted um, continuously while I was pregnant. I was nine months pregnant and I did, uh -huh. uh, I did um, Anthony Michael Hall. Why my brain? You, you, uh, the show that was on, 
the supernatural kind of one. No, I actually did supernatural. That's a different one. Anyways, I, I got friends literally breastfeeding my three month old son in the waiting room. I was like breastfeeding Braxton and then gave him to my husband at the time and then went in and read for friends and got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I never like stopped acting unless yeah. I was told we can see your pregnant belly. Do not go in for this. You know, no, you, you can't work. Yeah. Um, I worked all along, but 10 years ago, I did hit a point in, 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 the, in my career where I felt like I was so loyal to this career that wasn't being so loyal back. Roles were thin and far between. Um, and more importantly, I, it was kind of, to me just felt really unfair that men could like gain weight, get old, get bald, get wrinkly and gray, and they were somehow sexier. And God forbid any of us women did that, you know, it was like, we just became desperately unemployed. And I remember thinking, I'm raising two boys on my own, and I just didn't like that message. And I wasn't sure mm -hmm. if I could support that. But then I also, at the same time, was always volunteering and trying to save the world and animals and um, people that um, are, you know, suffering. And so I decided um, I wanted to help in a, on a larger level than just volunteer. So I, I walked up a, to a community college and I said, hey, I want to get a degree. And they're like, hey, which one do you want to get? And I go, I don't know. You tell me I want to help people. And they're like, that's not how it works, Miss. Uh, what's your name? Pfeiffer? No, you tell us. I go, I just want to help people. And they're like, what, a psych degree? I said, sure. <laughs> so they gave me some classes. And that's how it started. I literally fell, stumbled into community college and um, started on, on the psych degree path, ended up with a bachelor's in psych, which uh, took what, four, five, six years. Um, learning disabilities were discovered along the way. I needed extra help, extra time in testing. I thought I was stupid up until I hit college. They said, no, you're not stupid. You have learning disabilities. How freeing was that for me to discover I wasn't stupid? Well, my sons might, might disagree, but, what, but um, you know what I mean? So then um, I, I got into UCLA having done all the community college. That's awesome. All, I did all the community colleges to get my bachelor's and I got into UCLA. Wow. Um, and, I, I got, and then I got a master's in social work. And uh, I was finishing that when David, yes, E. Kelly, my brother-in-law, who never calls me, never texts me. I see him on holidays. I love him. He loves me. But that's it. We go fishing. He texts me out of nowhere and goes, hey, you're still acting. I'm doing this project. And uh, there's this role for you. I'm like, really? Oh, my God. So, of course, I said no. No, I said yes. And then, um, which was perfect because I just was graduating. And I didn't know how I was going to support my kids. So you just jumped right. So you just jumped right into that role. You didn't even think about it or anything. I literally, just went right from like I was finishing my degree online. Thank you, pandemic, and starting the pilot. We started yeah. New Mexico. Everything shut down. I was finishing my degree. <laughs> All this was going on, and then now I'm in Canada, and I, they mailed me my degree. <laughs> and it wasn't an online class, by the way. But thank you. Yeah. So I had this like beautiful like overlap of this ten year journey, academic journey that blended right into. Hey, you're on Big Sky overnight. Uh, my my kids won't even watch the show because they're like, it's just too weird to see your mom on TV. They refuse. Um, again, the man. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, this has been a really great time, and I gotta say, I'm 57, so that doesn't happen a lot to women at 57. So I'm very, very lucky, very fortunate. And my wow. brother-in-law had no idea he was throwing me a lifeline because I didn't know how I was gonna financially support my boys on a social worker's degree. You know what I mean? Well, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, my wife, my wife does social work. She's a, she's a supervisor yeah. for a department of children and family. Oh, so she works with family. So, yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's busy. You tell your wife that I, I take my hat off to her because I immediately realized I could not work with kids because I'm way too much of a mama bear. 
yeah. I would take them all and I'd adopt them all and slap all the parents across the face and take their children. I mean, I would be the worst. I work with them, um, those experiencing homelessness, mental health, yeah. substance abuse, and 18 and older. Yeah, that's the area of concentration that I. So you, you can still do both. You can still do half acting and half social work. Well, that dude, the- that's what I'm thinking about because I have these awesome fans who welcome me back. I'm thinking about blending my fan base and my. Um, my passion for helping people on a larger scale in some kind of dynamic or platform, like some kind of a show where we can talk about social welfare issues from a macro macro perspective, which means policy, communities and individual, they all loop together, they really do. So I would love to do that one day. That's my my goal. If mm-hmm. if for some reason something happens to Big Sky, <laughs> we... so so when he called you about the part, did he even tell you what the show is about, or he just said, "I have a part for you. I want you to." <laughs> he just said, "Hey, I'm doing the show, and there's a great role for you." And I was like, "Hey, oh my god, okay, cool, thank you." I was literally interning at the Department of Mental Health, like, <laughs> and I'm like, like, what did he did he just offer me? I just gonna have, you know, I was like so floored. Um, so yeah, I just for a minute my glasses <laughs> So after after you accepted the role, I assume oh, he yeah, he told me he, nothing he, said that, and then I just like like then I got like a script. Yeah, then, yeah. And then the network hadn't seen me in ten years, so they didn't even know what I look like. So um, I didn't even have a headshot or anything. They go send send it. We have to send the network what you look like. Can you take a selfie? Dude, I had never taken a selfie. I refused. I was anti-selfie <laughs> woman. Media. I was anti all that stuff that I think is kind of uh, um, fun but dangerous. So I did not know how to take a selfie. I'm like down like this, right? And taking them. And I'm like, God, do I look like that? And my sons are like, Mom, no, you never do that. You have to do this, you know, and, and the lighting. So my son showed me how to take a selfie to send to the network so they knew what I looked like. And then they had asked me to read. Um, because uh, in their defense, they hadn't seen me in 10 years. So although David offered me the role, I still had to jump through the, 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 the hoops of um, making sure everybody was on board that I was right for Denise. So I read, I was nerve wracking for 10 years, not interviewing yeah. and then I'm like in a bubble with myself in school. No one knows who I am. I'm just Dorothy in the back of the class who asks all the questions and right. Did you- did you find yourself like getting back into the flow, like memorizing lines and everything and reading scripts after you got right after you had it in your hands? Um, it is like riding a bicycle, but it's different. Everything is yeah. so different now. First of all, there's COVID. So that in itself, it, everything's very discombobulated. But also for me, you're right. I wasn't, I had not been around actors for 10 years or, or the industry or anything. And yet all of my like friends and my world was around social welfare issues. So I was around people who uh, all had common denominators and helping people, you know, in um, social welfare issues and having psychology and what have you. So it was um, very, uh, how do I say it? Like, for sake of a better word, sobering. And I can say that because I'm actually almost three years sober. I'm in recovery. Yay. Recovery. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I got my chip. Yeah. Um, so it, um, it was different, but it, I came back with a different lens. I came back sober, number one. Yeah. That, that, already, that journey already is just like mind-blowing. What an incredible journey to cleanse your soul and not have your addiction own you, right? And, and, and envelop you and spit you out. Um, that's number one. But number two, also coming back with the lens 
of like, I'm able to use a lot of what I learned in college in Denise, which that's mm-hmm. fun. Like she's a hard listener. Um, she knows how to, uh, my uh, area, like I said, was homelessness. So I was, uh, my first year internship was in the encampments, under the freeways, with the pit bulls, gurning down the side of the freeway. I mean, I was in the trenches of all that stuff, which wow. is, I love that. I was like the only crazy intern that was like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, the old woman wants to go out in the encampments. I'm like, I raise boys and train Rottweilers. Yeah, I mean, I'm, let's go. Right? <laughs> So I'm able to come back and when I'm listening to other cast members and when I talk about being grateful and, and the lens that I use um, and looking at things with a different perspective, I think um, hopefully I'm bringing a different color to the industry, you know, because mm-hmm. I wonder how many other people talk about what it means to be truly, I mean, not just say the word, but truly grateful in a time where yeah. so many are hurting. Um, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, so your journey, you, you, like you said, you've had your ups and downs, but this is like a great thing that's happened to you now. And like, and you played yeah. Denise, like, so how would you describe Denise and what's been like the, what do you love about this character? Her humor. Yeah. I, she's a smart ass. I love her. Yeah. The minute I read it, I was like, okay, I, I, I get, I get her. Um, uh, Denise is a rock. She's like a mama bear, den mother. This is a crazy series. It's a crazy show. Um, CJ Box has these incredible characters. And then David and the writers took the characters even to another level of diversity and texture and color. They're all emotionally charged. And then Denise is kind of like this, um, uh, well, this like I like to call her like the rock. And then her all the butterflies, <laughs> when they go off, they can come back, reset, and they go back out again. And here's yeah. Denise. She's the foundation, I think, of everything. And um, I think she knows more than she lets off. But I think that like a good team player, she's not going to tell you anything. She's going to help you discover it yourself, mm. which is actually a good parent, actually, and also a good therapist. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to help you discover that yourself, right? Yeah. How much, like, how much input have you be able to put into the character as like David asked you like how would you like to play this character you know like does he ask you for advice on how to play the character that's a really great question no and I'll tell you no. why. <laughs> <laughs> well we are a very strange family we don't talk shop we don't talk okay. shop like we're a really tight family Michelle uh, David my brother Rick his wife Rana their kids Eddie everybody my sister Lori um um just and my nieces and nephews, we're weird. We don't talk shop. We talk about a lot of stuff, but we don't talk shop. And if we do talk shop, it's usually about something funny and kind of like, you know, just something lighthearted um, or tragic and sad, right? But we just don't talk shop. I never talk shop with David. So when he texts me, first of all, like I said, he doesn't call me, he doesn't text me. So when he did, uh, I didn't know how to respond. I'm like, wait a minute, he's talking shop. He's not talking shop. He, he offered me a role. I didn't even, and I even was like, how do I respond? Other than yes, literally Y-E-S-S-S-S-S. Um, so no, uh, I am also the kind of actor who like really trusts my producers, my writers and, and the whole dynamic of the group dynamic, right? So I like to add to that if, if asked or if I have an idea, that's usually a director thing though. Do you know what I mean? Like I never talked to David or any of the writers, but like the director, I might say, hey, is it okay if Denise comes in and she spilt coffee on herself, you know, um, which is a little thing I did. And actually it's funny, some people really picked up on it. And that was because Dee Dee spilt coffee on my wardrobe. 
started and we didn't have another shirt. So I was like, how about if Denise walked in and she spilled coffee? They're like, okay. So um, yeah. Um, well, no, Dave and I don't talk shop. And to this day, um, there's, I think this assumption on the set that I know everything. And I tell them, I don't know anything. I don't know anything in the Pfeiffer family. I'm always the last to know in my family. That's a running joke. They're like, of course. Sometimes that's a good thing though. David wins his awards and I love the last to know, right? And I'm like, I'm busy trying to raise two kids and get a degree and save the world. Um, not that I don't care about my family, but they know that my heart's in the right place. I'm just using my head somewhere else. So no, I don't talk to them. And I think it would be um, embarrassing at this point. Like um, that's my son. He had said, hey, by the way, um, the network really likes Denise. And I'd go, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, when are we gonna go fishing? And he goes, the COVID. And then we just see, I can talk about fishing and schnooks and, you know, salmon, but talking work is just uh, weird for all of us, really. Yeah. Except for my sister, we talk sometimes like about my hair color going red. Should I go a little more strawberry? Should I do hot, you know? <laughs> That's funny. And you mentioned a few times how you, like, you jumped right away and you said yes. And it's like, you had to say yes, David E. Kelly. It's like, whatever he touches, it's gold. Yeah, the man is pretty phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> every single... Okay, I'm not sure which episode we're on. We're on tonight, by the way. We're on tonight. Actually, I don't know when you're going to air this. Anyways, um, we're doing this on Tuesday because Big Sky's on Tuesdays. ABC, plug, plug, shameless, plug. Um, but uh, every single script that I get, I'm very taken back, just like the pilot. Yeah. Like, really? Just when I think I know where they're going, they go somewhere else. And yeah. I love that. So if it surprises me, it's really going to get you guys going. That's awesome. Now, how long have you been? You said it's filming in Vancouver. How long have you been? To, uh, in Vancouver? Uh, I think since June, July or July or August. Wow. Yeah, and with COVID, I, I've only gone home one time over the holiday, um, and that was just for a little bit over a week because I had to come back in quarantine for two weeks. So it's yeah. like, if you want to leave to go home, any of us, you have to have a minimal two weeks. So if you've been home for two days, it's two days and two weeks. Right. Yeah. Wow. So like, Tell me a little bit more about like working with the cast and like what's the vibe on set? We have a fantastic um, cast, especially considering, can I say something? The cast is amazing. The crew, the Canadian crew, I love them all. They're like the sweetest people and they are worked around the clock sometimes and on Saturdays, I mean, six day weeks. And they're just so, like I like to say, Canadian. They're so sweet about it. There's no grumpy O's. There's no people like all crotchety and like, ah. They really are just really- It's a good thing. Yeah, and it's such a great environment, you know? And that bleeds to the cast. And um, the cast is really diverse. That's what I love about it. We have this old, this, us old farts who've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> then this, then these new young blood and then those in between who are really successful like currently and what have you. And the same thing with um, just, it's so diverse, you know? Um, everyone's really sweet. They care about each other very much. And yet we don't see each other because of COVID. I've, there's been people on this show I've never even met. Because unless I'm in the scene with them, there's no way I'm gonna meet them. We don't do dinners. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't do that. Like when you first do a show, you all get together. We did that in New Mexico, but then we did it. And then we did wardrobe and hair and makeup test. And then COVID, we went home and that was it. We shut down. <laughs> and then when we came up here, it was everything was changed dramatically. Um, and then, yeah, so I haven't really met half the, a lot of the cast. So on the days you're not working, what do you do? That's what I call this 
Well, I used to call it the bat cave. Now I call it the bird cave. And, oh, did you see that? Then God said, let there be light. Whoa, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. How's the lighting though? Is it okay, Elias? Is it okay? Right, it's good. Um, so that light just got really bright. Um, speaking of that, I have this little balcony and I, when I, <laughs> the two week, I've done the two week quarantine now twice. Okay. Let me tell you something. I don't think I like myself that much to want to be by myself with myself for two weeks. Solid can buy yourself. Yeah. That's really challenging. You got to, yeah, I really don't like myself that much to spend that kind of time. So I started like becoming friends with these pigeons out there. And then these ravens that were huge. I can name Thor and Rachel and Thor Jr. and Rachel Jr. Their kids <laughs> and bread. And then these seagulls started showing up. Now I have a family of seagulls. I have Gilligan, Skipper, Gangsta, who's got a messed up foot, but I'm helping him. So, and I videotape them and I put them on my Instagram and we have conversations. They get mouthy with me. Uh, I made a little snowman because it snowed in BC, which never happens, but it did. So one of my seagulls just kneecapped my snow cat, snowman. So now he, I, he, he lost his TV privileges. So this is what I do. I literally make up all these stories about my uh, birds and myself and my family. Things you should be writing that into a script. You never know what can happen. I'm telling you, I said, I asked them, can Denise please have a rescued like anything? And it, a res I used to have a rescued iguanas. I used, used to and still do rescue animals, wildlife and any yeah. animal. So I said, can Denise have a rescued animal in the office? And they're like, no, because it becomes a whole animal thing and it gets really complicated, I guess. But I wanted her to, because um, the cats think I'm crazy with my birds. They literally are like. I saw it on Instagram last night when I was looking through. And when I go to the set, I'm I talk about my my pigeons and my ravens and my seagulls more than my children on the set, where they're like, okay. I said, well, I have teenagers. They don't talk to me. They're in their man The perspective man caves. There you go. Any idea how long, how much longer you're going to be there? Have you anything about season two yet, or what's the what's the story on that? We're here to the end of April. Okay. We have our hiatus, and then we wait for the the infamous pickup or not from there. Um, I hear really good things. Um, we're doing really really well on, on the numbers, which is always good. ABC I hear is really really um, uh, likes us. That's always helps. Um, also, we have like, it's like a bottleneck show because these are CJ boxes, uh, like they're these series of books that bleed into each other. Yeah. So we're about to bleed into one of his other books and it's about to get crazy, but in a, in a whole other like storyline way. So hopefully the, if the audience likes this next storyline as well as the first one, then I think we'll be back for sure. That's awesome. Uh, really. <laughs> so for the so for the listeners and the viewers, uh, how can they find you on social media? You mentioned you have Instagram. You, you mean find my um, Gilligan yeah. gangsta? Yeah, so they can look at the videos and everything too. See, Gypsy's nuts. Gypsy is like crazy. She's the great one. I don't know. She's nuts. She bird drops into my balcony. She bird drops. I've never. I got. I can't get on video. Dd Pfeiffer official. DD Pfeiffer officially crazy. No, I'm joking. DD Pfeiffer official. DD, this was fun. Uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.
wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast and our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time.